It is a rough time to be an A&M Aggie, a Texas A&M Aggie, that is. But as former A&M Aggies and recipients of a disastrous transfer portal last season, we kind of feel you. But, see, you thought you had that old man oil money. Turns out you just had the old lady hag down the road offering you $5 just to forget her coin purse at work kind of money. Poor old haggy Aggie. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first lesson. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms. We're visually available as well on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter at All Day O State. Today, we're partially brought to you by FanDuel. Get in on the money making season right now. Our customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any $5 money line winning bet. That's $150 bones back if your team wins. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. If you watched Texas A&M play LSU or you watched them play Mississippi State, you saw that they have enough talent that this game, the bowl game against Texas A&M in Houston, could get a little dicey, right? But then the transfer portal madness has begun. And this is beautiful for us because we were in slightly reminiscent of a, of a situation like this last year. But here Texas A&M is. They got all this money in the world, supposedly. Oh, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, so... You know they had a 7-5 and five season. They had opportunities to beat LSU. They had opportunities to beat a multitude of teams in the SEC. Their defensive line is pretty te- Texas-esque. But then they got to fire Jimbo Fisher. They spend almost $77, 76000000 to pay him to not coach. Followed by a bunch of transfer portal fatalities. Now, I do think the hiring of Mike Elko from Duke is a good move. I also think that the hiring of Colin Klein from Kansas State, not a great look on him, but a very good move for Mike Elko and Texas A&M. But when you're losing all your dudes, it's going to be hard. It started off with five-star All-American, six-foot-five, 265-pound defensive lineman L.T. Overton. He gone. And his brother also. I mean, we love our legacies. His six-foot-four, 300-pound defensive lineman brother, Mike Overton, he gone too. Speaking of legacies that we love so much, Max Johnson, six foot six, two hundred thirty pound quarterback, formerly from LSU. You might remember his dad, if that name sounds familiar. Brad Johnson played a lot of years with the Vikings uh, behind Warren Moon, won a Super Bowl in two thousand two with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Max Johnson's taking his talents to Mac Brown in North Carolina. His son is the bigger loss. Also six foot six, a little bit bigger, two hundred forty pound tight end Jake Johnson. Easily one of the best up-and-coming tight ends in all of the SEC. They have another tight end that's pretty doggone good as well. But this is a massive loss. And he was the number two tight end in America for the 
2022 class. He gone. Then six foot six, 312 pound offensive tackle who started all 12 games this year, earning freshman All American honors. The last three years left, Chase Bostanas, he's gone. Then six foot five, 265 pound, Fadil Diggs, who had 36 tackles, four sacks, 7.7 tackles for loss last year, pretty close to the same amount of tackles for loss this year. He's amazing. And he's going to be a massive get for somebody. Again, this D line, very good. But if you notice here, Early losing a lot. Six foot one, 200 pounds, safety, four star, number nine player in all of the talent rich area coming out of Louisiana. Safety, Jardine Gilbert. He gone. And he started 23 games. Six foot two, 205 pounds, Florida, four star. Who turned down Georgia, Bama, Miami, Florida, Florida State, Tennessee, Notre Dame? Wide receiver, Raymond Cottrell. He's in the portal now. Six foot four, 300 pound offensive lineman, Remington Strickland. He's out looking like he's going to be USC Lincoln Riley bound. Six foot, 190 pound, freshman All-American starting 30 games in Aggieland, cornerback Tyreek Chapel. He's in the portal. Five-star, All-American, number one recruit in the United States of America. Six foot four, 290 pound defensive lineman, Walter Nolan. He gone. And now, five-star, top wide receiver target, and their main ex guy, Evan Stewart. He didn't even travel with LSU to the game. And now you're seeing him kind of break the ice and put out some tweets talking about how everyone thought he was a millionaire. Turns out he was an almost nothing there. So it's it's coming out that these dudes went to AM, got offered boatloads of dollar dollar bills, y'all, just to end up unhappy and unfulfilled from the bank account department, at least for the most part. Obviously, some of these dudes did get paid, but they didn't get paid what they were supposed to get paid. And we know this simply because of what happened last year with Mason Cobb. We know that things aren't exactly what they're lined up to be because we have Kendall Daniels. So AM has built this castle upon lies. So their foundation is disastrous. Now, Mike Elko very well likely had like a five-week plan, six-week plan to kind of keep everything intact for the bowl game, bowl game, get Colin Klein, beat Oklahoma State, set the right example for you know the new transition. But he's losing a lot. And it's not just backup pieces, right? Oklahoma State caught a lot of grief last year because we lost, quote-unquote, a bunch of starters. I mean, we discussed how, yeah, there were some guys that are going to hurt. But out of the 26 guys left, maybe seven of them would have started or were starting. And then less than that ended up transferring and starting. So ain't in Aggieland, the grass ain't always greener on the other side, as a lot of former Oklahoma State Cowboys have, have recently found out. So there's a good opportunity that some of these guys can get re-recruited by Mike Elko, by Colin Klein, by the Texas A&M staff, but it ain't looking hot in Aggieland. Okay? So if the foundation is currently going through the process of being rebuilt, is this an instance where Oklahoma State, maybe we don't offer boatloads of cash, Maybe we don't offer exact playing time. But the way that we typically 
tend to handle the transfer portal has been class instead of cash, especially when it's fictitious monopoly money-style cash. Come to Oklahoma State, you're likely, it might take a few games, but you're likely going to get what you were promised from an offensive perspective, what we're going to look like, what we're going to run, what we're going to do, how you're going to be utilized. Defensively, the same exact thing can be said for Brian Nardo, which I do expect him to learn from the Texas game. So Texas A&M had all this talent, all these five stars, all these All-Americans, like college All-Americans playing in the SEC that are skedaddling on out of Aggie land as quick as humanly possible. The grass ain't always greener. It will be, likely, for a, a Gunner Gundy. It, I think, is kind of um, ridiculous that the Darius Webb is already in the portal, but those are our primary casualties. We're inevitably going to have a few more, which we'll, we'll cover here in a second. But real quick, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Fandle is the way to go, especially for you. Because the NFL season is actually pretty exciting. I typically don't get super wrapped up in the NFL stuff. I primarily just follow our Cowboys. But there's so many 10-2, and 9-3 and three teams right now in the NFL that the races uh, for division, division first-round buys and stuff is actually worth the watch. I'm in it. The NFL offers you hot deals to keep you warm as the cold weather moves in. Again, new customers get 150 bones back in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks back if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, you know there ain't a better time to get in on the action. It's secure. It's safe. The app is super easy to use with a wide range of betting options. Over, under, player, prop, spreads, who's going to win the division, who's going to be the Super Bowl champion, all of that and more at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go there now. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. One word. To kick off your NFL money-making season, go to FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the NFL, obviously, is where most people want to go. And, and let's not take this too far with Texas A&M because they do still have some talent. And we've got plenty of time to go over the roster and, and kind of diagnose some of the film type of stuff. But they've got some dudes. I mean, a lot of us will probably likely remember Anaya Smith. Anaya Smith is a registered senior wide receiver that is very, very, very talented. Very Brennan Presley-esque with a little bit more speed, ironically enough. Not a lot, but a decent amount. And then uh, we already mentioned the other tight end, Max Wright, who's a senior. Jake Johnson is the up-and-coming dude, right? But Max Wright is a very good tight end, which is something that Oklahoma State has had a little bit of issue with, which is why Jake Johnson leaving 
is kind of a big deal here because when they're down to one primary tight end, who's not quite a Jatavion Sanders from Texas style guy, and they don't have Jake Johnson, it'll be kind of interesting to see if some of these guys do play in the bowl game or what Mike Elko's uh, philosophy on that's going to be. But they've got some dudes, right? And even though they're losing so many guys, I mean, Tyreek Chappell, like I think he's one of the better cornerbacks in the SEC. He's gone. And then from a running back perspective, like after you don't have the availability of who's your dude, they do like uh, Walker. I mean, he's pretty good. Another transfer that, that gets a lot of playing time. Uh, and they've got this Owens kid that seems to be a pretty big deal for them that they like to incorporate as much as physically possible. From a defensive perspective, they might be losing some dudes, but they've still got some dudes. But here's the deal, right? If you look at their deficiencies as opposed to some of the things that Oklahoma State does really well, one of those things that we weren't able to utilize enough in the Texas game is our high capabilities now we're primarily here talking about somebody like Leon johnson but the poor aggies that got promised all of this money and then ended up uh, like i said having the old hag lady down the road short you on, on some cash type of treatment it makes you wonder what the mentality is in the locker room right well we understand that you're not going to be able to bring the 12th man with you to this one primarily because of all of the turmoil you're going through. And again, being former Aggies, all right, we, we just dealt with this. But it was for differing reasons, right? Ours was a communication style of an error. Ours was a lack of showing everybody what the future could potentially look like in Stillwater the following season. Yours is not. Yours is just bold-faced lies, unfortunately. Right. I mean, it, it, every single coach does have a little bit of a salesmanship angle when in, when it comes to getting transfers into your university. And as we've previously previously discussed with somebody like an Ellen Bowman, who ran these option routes at Michigan and had a lot of freedom in the Harbaugh system. Plus all of the stuff he was able to do at Texas A&M. Right, the reason that he left Waco, Texas, after committing to the Baylor Bears and came straight to Stillwater, and then changed his mind to be a Cowboy, was because we were going to give him some of that Michigan-oriented offense, or at least pretty stylistically the same as to what he ran at Michigan. So he comes to Oklahoma State in the first few games. We don't do that. We go back to the A and M or not A and M Texas Tech style, old Oklahoma State throw it all over the yard type of stuff. And even though we were in the middle of a competition, there were people including somebody like an Ollie Gordon that was like, well, hold, hold up now. This is not what we came here for. This isn't the offense you said we were going to run. And then we ended up, you know, fixing it. And we ran that precise offense for the rest of the season after South Alabama. And it worked out pretty daggone well. But A&M, you didn't have, or I guess you could, you did have the opportunity to remedy your issue. But you didn't, right? So, and that's why I do give a lot of, Kudos to Mike Gundy this season because when it got wild and crazy, he did say, you know what? We do need to run this stuff, right? This is what the players feel will work. This is what Ollie Gordon feels will work. This is what the offensive line seems to be most comfortable with. We've got to run this. And we did. And then that shift 
is precisely why we ended up having the season that we had. It didn't go the way we wanted in the Big 12 title game. Yeah, of course. But now we get a shot at redemption. Now we get a, a, an opportunity. And this could even be, poor Haggy Aggies, I'm sorry, but this could be a little bit of a um, presentation, right? This could be a little bit of a, a slideshow, PowerPoint, physically on the field, if you will, to all of these A&M transfers. That Oklahoma State, we will get you here. We won't, we won't offer you the same as A&M, but what we do offer you will actually pay you, right? If everybody lives up to their end of the bargain, we're going to pay you the money that we tell you we're going to pay you. And then you've got the moral equivalence of Ollie Gordon currently trying to get his O-lineman more money. Not himself, but he's trying to get his O-line more money so we can run back Ollie Gordon, War Pigs 2.0, Heisman-style season. Of course, some things could change, but doesn't it feel nice as an Oklahoma A&M Aggie slash Oklahoma State Cowboy to know that the issues that we dealt with last year we're not having this year? So stability, continuity, we have that. They have the exact opposite. So before we diagnose the film side of the things and some of the key matchups and some of the, the primary ways that we can exploit their weaknesses and find keys to victory, this is just a, a moment to pause for us and say, you know what, we got it really good right now. Now, we're still going to lose some dudes, right? Unfortunately, it is inevitable. But the only, the, the only quote-unquote earth-shattering thing we've heard thus far is that Gunnar Gundy is leaving. But we all know Gunnar Gundy is likely doing this because he knows he's good enough, but he's not quite here. And, you know, you've got to have the leadership, right? You've got to have that mentality where your offensive linemen, running backs, everybody will work through wars with you and run through walls for you. And I don't know that Gunner was going to necessarily get that as much here. So I think it's a good move for him. Again, we've already hit on, I think, Ladarius Webb is um, putting the cart before the horse, uh, but it is what it is. We're going to lose a QB, whether it's Alan Bowman, Garrett Rangel, Van Flores, I mean, Malachi Smith, maybe. But out of those dudes, one of them likely doesn't play next year. Now, I think you could lean on maybe some of the Alan Bowman stuff, right? Him potentially looking into coaching or maybe being a grad assistant and focusing on the next chapter of his life. Or maybe he absolutely does come back. But that's kind of a shakeup that we, we won't all find out until after the bowl game. But on top of that, I'm here, and then unfortunately, we've got a running back that's having a lot of deliberation on, on what his next move should be. Same with a wide receiver, maybe two. And, and you do have to factor in the Brennan Presley situation there, which could change. BP could easily change his mind and say, you know what, guys? I know we had the discussion before the season started about, hey, this might likely very well easily be my last year. Well, maybe not. Right? Well, maybe not. We're likely to lose a safety. We're likely to lose maybe one corner. Obviously, we're still watching on, on what Corey Black's decision is going to be. 
He wants to play with his brother, Kobe. Kobe appears to be going to Texas, but would Corey go to Texas and play? That would be something that he would have to weigh. But other than, than maybe BP and obviously Gunner and my animosity a little bit with Ladarius Webb, we're in a really good spot. We should lose a coach or two. One coach needs to be demoted or gone while another coach or two might just need to spread their wings. And here's the deal. Some of these guys, Mike Gundy's going to say, hey, if you have the opportunity to go to, to get an upgrading job and go learn at Boston College for a year, go learn at, at Texas Tech for a year, as long as it's an upgrade, right, financially or, or status-wise where he can learn more, Gundy's going to not only embrace that, He's going to be uh, kind of a catalyst in making sure that a couple of these coaches have some enhancement opportunities. But again, nothing major. And if Casey Dunn were to take a demotion or to get fired, we got to remember, Marcus Arroyo is free and clear now from his UNLV contract. He got paid a few million dollars to sit at home. And he did. But now he's free and clear. Dana Holgerson, he's probably a much more well-rounded guy now as an offensive coordinator. He finds unique ways to incorporate the running game, which is something that he didn't really do a whole heck of a lot previously. Now, him and Gundy didn't exactly love each other, but it, it's been some years now. And I know that he has probably likely grown some respect for what Dana's been able to accomplish even if it's just in the offensive role. And we all know Kale Gundy is really, really good at barbecue football talk. Maybe we just throw some orange on him and a cowboy hat or a cowboy headset. We have options. We have opportunities. And I, I've heard a couple people say that, you know, Dunn's probably back, especially now that Tim Rattay, Mike Gundy, and all these other people are kind of helping. I just... I look at it from what I think is a common-sense perspective. If Mike Gundy wanted to be working 13, 14 hours a day again and helping design some stuff up and, and, and find X's and O's matchups that we can exploit, he would have been doing it for the last 19 years. Like, I do think he kind of fell back in love a little bit with, with some of it, but realistically, he would like to do the CEO thing. It did shift with the NIL transfer market. He had to make some adjustments, but he did. But I don't think Mike Gundy is going to want to hold Casey Dunn's hand for another season. I don't think Mike Gundy's going to want Tim Rattay or, or Kale Gundy or, or Marcus Royal or whoever have to babysit Casey Dunn for another season. He might even need a babysitter to coach wide receivers. But I don't think that Gundy really wants to be in the, the offices doing as much. Now, I do think he will be more involved now that he's kind of found a little bit more of a passion for it, but he'd probably rather spend 11 hours instead of 14 hours and take that extra few hours to be with his family instead of sitting in an office looking at what Casey Dunn's doing like, oh, geez, why'd he do that? Why'd we do this? We should do this. I need to get more people involved. I don't think he wants to do that again. This shouldn't be a babysitting club. And Casey Dunn, unfortunately, needs a babysitter. 
You know who doesn't need a babysitter? It's you, right? You don't need a babysitter. You can you can manage your potential dollar dollar bills. Well, we already talked about one. Let's jump to the other. Prize picks. Prize picks is actually a lot of fun because you don't have to you know bet against the pros and the sharks and the millions of other people. All you do is pick two to six players, more than or less than their stat projections. That's it. And, and you know I love the mix and match, right? Going, you can intermingle football and basketball here. And with basketball season fully operational, those combo projections in the special leagues might just suit your fancy. You know we love our dude Jalen Warren, who is Kevin in a big stick and helping our man Ceci Lahe along the way. If you want to combine him, I don't know, with uh, maybe a Cade Cunningham, maybe Marcus Smart, you can do that with prize picks. Prize picks is the only insurance policy provided with the reboot policy. So you know if a player gets injured in the first half for football or basketball and he doesn't come back to the second half, automatically rebooted. The only daily fantasy See sports platform with that policy. Have all the fun that you can have by going to prizepicks.com slash locked on college, all one word. Make sure you use that code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Go there now to capitalize for yourself. All right. Capitalization is key. Oklahoma can capitalize right here, right now, if the bowl game was played tomorrow because Texas A&M can't tackle. They just, I mean, you're this deep into the season against SEC competition, and you can't tackle. And your secondary leaks like a sieve. And now you're losing some more of your secondary pieces to go alongside that. So if I'm Leon Johnson, the third, or Jaden Bray, or Brennan Presley, or Rashad Owens, I uh, should be licking my chops. I mean, Cameron Hurd, be ready, buddy. Jalen Pope, why not? This should be a game where our, our wide receivers can roam free on the green grass they have in Aggieland. It should be a roaming party for those guys. So, to me, if you look at their secondary with our wide receivers and when you take into consideration that we're going to have a significant amount of time because the game's not till December 27th, which is precisely what you love about these bowl games. Regardless of the level of bowl game, thankfully, Texas Bowl's pretty good. But even your lower-tier bowls, that's more practices, that's more time, and it's more direct one-on-one, right? So you're not just doing completely install stuff you actually get to do a lot more personal one-on-one drills that you maybe didn't exactly have a lot of time to do during the season. This is a time where you can pinpoint focus on a couple different things to get ready for because we are going to open up the the playbook a little bit more typically for a bowl game. We are going to incorporate some of these younger guys that haven't got a lot of PT this year that we know are going to be invaluable to our success next season. So this should be a field day operation for our wide receiver room. If they can't tackle and they can't cover, 
All you got to do is win. Now, with their amazing offensive or defensive line, that's now pretty porous. This also opens up Ollie Gordon. And again, with a month to get prepared, rested, recuperated, and healthy, this shouldn't be a 75% Ollie anymore. This should be at least a 90% Ollie. And if they're playing with a bunch of backup defensive linemen, I know AM is still pretty talented, but a bunch of backup defensive linemen and a true freshman linebacker trying to coordinate things, that's not a recipe for success. Our offense doesn't exactly set the world on fire. But the things that AM was already not great at before any of these transfers was an exploitable area for us. So the biggest weakness I see now, other than their transfer portal madness disaster that they're currently going through, it's the fact that even fully operational and pretty much fully healthy with everybody at their disposal, their secondary is weak sauce at tackling, and they're not very good at finding the ball. So we're either going to get flags or uh, get passes for tutties. It's going to be a touchdown time for the wide receiver core to put up some big numbers. I expect one of our wide receivers to maybe go over a buck, buck 50. And we'll sprinkle it out a bit. And with their defensive linemen leaking like a sieve, you know our offensive linemen, who are mostly, for the most part, returning, they're licking their chops. And then we've got those two young freshmen that were vying for playing time all throughout the season, including early summer spring. We've got dudes excited. They've got dudes not even thinking about this game. They've got dudes that are more focused on the portal than they are preparation. That seems to be a fact. And that makes the talent gap not only even, but that puts it in our favor. This is a winnable game with or without all these people. But now that they're having all of this, all of these issues, it's, it's got to be us. But anywho, that's all we're going to have for this one right here. As always, you know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. Thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen. Here on Lockdown Oklahoma State, you can be anywhere. So happy you choose to be here. Like it if you like it. Share, comment, subscribe. All my Spotify podcast people, leave a review. All right. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.